Hey everyone, welcome to the Wildcat Chat Podcast. Today we are here with Mila, me, Paige, and Navya. So and Mr. Graham, I'm here too, just helping <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Foreign Language Week, which is coming up, or it may have already passed depending on when you're watching this, or listening Listen to now. this. <laughs> but we're also going to be talking to some students and what it's like growing up in America and celebrate their own cultures. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was a great recording We got to hear a ton about their cultural similarities, differences, even prejudices that they have to deal with. Not only that, though, but it's an opportunity to celebrate and honor their cultures. And that's what we're doing with National Foreign Language Week. It's really great to dive into other people's cultures and see how it is from their perspective and learn about other cultures as well in general. It's fairly interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like school should really just actually teach us teach and us like cultures instead of let us experience us. some cultures like for holy we can paint with like powder colors or like smear it on people's faces like we do or diwali we can like light little tea lamps and like blow them out or whatever yeah because you're from india, india. yeah navi is from india so yeah i mean that's simple ways and honestly one of the best ways that we're doing it now is through this podcast and through this episode exactly so we can't wait to bring this to you. Mm-hmm. Excited? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's Woo-hoo. go. All right. Get so on stay tuned. Language week. Stay tuned, and we'll see you. Bye bye. Hey, Wildcats! Welcome back. This is Mr. Graham, and March sixth to March twelfth is National Foreign Language Week. And what better way to start the celebration by including our Spanish teachers, Senora Chavez and Senora Palos, along with several students that come from different cultural backgrounds or countries or even states uh, in today's podcast. So first, thank you all for being here today. And how are you doing? We're doing fine. Thank you for this time that we have to share with the rest of the school. My name is Leslie Chavez. I'm a Spanish teacher. And we are happy to be here with you. Let me introduce to you my colleague and friend, (laughs) uh, Miss Palos. Hi, thank you so much for having us here. I am very happy to welcome you guys to the National Foreign Language Week and for this space. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys, for being here. Right, and we also have uh, many students here with us today. If you could just go ahead and state your name and uh, maybe what country your family's from or you're from and your native language. Uh, I'm Hania. My family's from Morocco, and my native language is English, but my parents speak Arabic. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Joanna, and my family's from Kurdistan, and my native language is Kurdish, um, Sorani. Oh, my name's Elena. I'm from America, and my native language is English. Hi, my name is Natalie. My family's from Egypt, and my first language is English, though their first language is Arabic. Um, my, my name is Michaela. My family's from Philippines, and my la- my first language is English. All right. Awesome. So let's just dive right into this conversation. I'd love to know some, and I know our listeners would love to know, maybe what are some cultural similarities or differences uh, between the United States here in America uh, versus uh, your your family's background. I think there's a lot of differences, like the way that I see students treat teachers or any adults is a lot different than how they would treat them in like Arab or Middle Eastern countries. Okay. Like there's a lot of disrespect sometimes. 
And I feel like they're kind of bold when they talk to teachers. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'd actually kind of like to add on to that. Um, in the Middle East or in Arab countries, uh, most of the time when a teacher or just someone like um, with more like a higher status than Authority. you comes into the room, yeah, everyone has to stand up and bow to them and then sit back down. Oh, wow. Otherwise, it's um, a sign of disrespect, and you can't do that. Like, even if it's your grandpa and he's coming to the party late, you have to get up because, you know, otherwise yeah. it's not. and you have to wait until they sit down. Mm -hmm. It's just out of respect because, you know, they did so much for you. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And I know that last time we were talking, we, this is actually our, for our listeners out there, we are actually meeting again because the laptop crashed yesterday when we were trying to record <laughs> yeah. this. So yesterday we had mentioned too that there was some cultural similarities and differences with uh, a lot with food, right? Yes. So what, what, can you tell me a little bit about that? So food is like, like it has its own culture, if, if you like to say it like that. Like, um, <laughs> So in in um, in the Middle East, it is disrespectful to leave any. Food. So if let's say you don't finish your food, that's like saying I hate your food. It's like the most disrespectful thing you can do, right. not eating your food. When I was growing up and I went to uh, people's houses, uh, I would I would take only a little bit, but yeah. still end up coming home with like a bunch of food. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, also in the Middle East, um, if you go to a party. And like everyone brings their own food and their own dishes. At the end of the party, you know, there's like a little section where everyone groups up and we just like talk about who's gonna take what home. And um, it's really funny because everyone will start like fighting. Like your mom might be like, "No, it's okay, you can take this." And then your grandma comes in and is like, "No, I'll take this one." You know, it's a, uh, it, it's you know, a big part of the. Culture. I think that most of us has uh, like a yesterday conversation we had agreed that. Food is for us kind of sacred product. Mm -hmm. You know, we never will put it in the garbage can, and uh, we can uh, uh, eat even after a week because that's what my mother does. Uh, <laughs> she just eat the food like she says. If it smells good, it doesn't taste bad. I eat it because food is sacred for us. We we share it. We never would put it in the garbage can, not at all. Not everyone can have food exactly, right. and it would even get to the point where like. My grandma sometimes, she wouldn't eat as much even when we go to the Middle East um, because she'd say she wanted us to eat as much food as we could. So she'd sit there and you'd like watch her have like a few pieces of bread and like kebabs or like um, paneer, which is cheese, um, and like some milk. And then she'd give the rest to her kids. Um, and that's kind of passed down because my parents still do the same thing for us. It sounds like the Spanish, uh, Hispanic grandmas, right? And mm -hmm. they, you just sit at their tables and they keep putting food mm -hmm. on your plate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. adding and mm -hmm. adding on to it. And, be, and in Hispanic culture, we also, uh, probably in, uh, yours too, we always, we are five in the family, we cook for ten. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. Because we always have the door open for whoever show up, mm -hmm. the cousin, the friend, the neighbor, and the neighbor kid um, don't have a place to go because mom is going late. Mom calls you, says, oh, don't worry about it. We bring the kid in, sit down, let's eat. And we always have place for anybody else in the neighborhood. And that is very common in Hispanic culture that we basically raise all the kids in the, in the street, right? So there is no my house, your house. It is basically our house for everybody. I just want to say I completely relate to that because growing up, I was, though in Alaska, I lived in South Carolina for a portion, and it doesn't matter. Like, I have no clue who those kids are, but they will come into my house and they will eat with us mm -hmm. because it's just something kind, you know? Mm -hmm. It's it's a way to look out for your neighborhood. Um, my dad used to tell me stories, actually, where he would, um, he would have his, uh, like, it would be stories where he'd come back from school 
and his mom would be, you know, like preparing food. And when he'd walk in, he'd see a lot of like workers and men sitting in the kitchen and like eating the food she made. And at the time, he said he didn't really like it um, because he didn't understand why she did those things. But now, like, uh, when I can actually go through that and understand it, because like when we go to Kurdistan and I see my grandma, you know, letting in the other kids from the neighborhood who maybe like their mom's coming in late from work or like, you know, they don't have a mom. Mm -hmm. um, they'd come in and sit with us and I kind of made friendships with them and I understood like what he felt after that. And it's really, um, it's common too. It's not like a strange thing. Like exactly. nobody would walk in and be like, whoa, who are those kids? They'd just, you know, welcome it. Right. You kind of mentioned some things that were respectful and, and disrespectful. You've actually actually touched on some things here, but have you ever experienced any sort of prejudice or anything like that that you would be willing to share? Oh, well, a lot of people, both Asians, when they see it, like, they think, like, you know, like, they would say, like, Ching Chong or something, you know? Mm -hmm. But I never, like, my family, we never really experienced it because they, ne they never really thought, like, we're Asians a lot, so. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, in my, in my case, when I was doing my immigration papers for the first time when I arrived to this country, and they started asking in the papers on immigration building, a race and go like a, hey I'm human but I was looking you know like that and then you white I said I'm white you know <laughs> I never I never knew and suddenly suddenly a little bit down says Hispanic I go I am Hispanic I thought I was human and white you know so I put white and then the guy in the in the uh, in the window returned my paper says you're Hispanic you're not white I say okay you know at that time but now they are dividing now now it says race an origin, you know, so now just lately you can make a difference of that. But it, to me, honestly, <laughs> at my 20 something years that I came 20 years ago, I was white. I never seen any mm -hmm. kind of difference in my skin, right? Mm -hmm. And I never thought that idea of uh, that Diana being from Mexico and from Peru, we are just white, right, Diane? We see as well. Lately, is the idea of Hispanic, you know, but you feel the, the difference, you know, you feel the difference because in our country, yeah, there are, there are people shorter, taller, blonde, blue eyes, and they are Peruvians, yeah? But we don't see that thing that, like, oh, you are different. We are just Peruvians and the end of the story. It's just part of the United States, this country, we are... Uh, you know, everybody comes from, pot. right, a we're pot. a melting pot, so we come from different places around the world, even maybe we were born in the United States, or you guys, uh, but our ancestries, right, our uh, family comes from another country, mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, we are kind of a... Classification. Right, we, we Classify. are <laughs> heterogeneous, right, <laughs> uh, type of society, but... Um, I've had some instances where people have called me, like, some weird stuff um for instance like i've been called a terrorist before or like some stuff to do with camels and conversations <laughs> but like yeah like i've i never really thought this was bad when i was younger but a lot of people even like parents would like make jokes about us like riding camels to school and it was really weird but uh at the time i just laughed it off um it was i can't really say if that was you know they probably didn't understand but you know at the same time it's kind of it makes me now like uncomfortable if anyone brings right. it up. Right, it's not right to Yeah, joke it wasn't right. Like <laughs> no, no, at not at all. And um, another time, this was around a year ago. My mom and I had gone to the airport. Um, we were going on a trip to visit our family in Kurdistan. And um, the lady at the airport 
my mom had forgotten to bring like the, her COVID pass because you know you need the COVID pass to get in um, and she was getting like a bit stressed out and the lady was like oh where are you going because after a while you know she'd ask us because we'd been like standing there freaking out and she was probably you know wondering why is it that important um, and my mom said Iran so she made like a face and then said oh let me let me check something and she looked up Iran and saw like the traditional clothing and things and began to like nitpick at it like she said oh that looks like really hot or like oh that looks itchy why would you wear that um, and my mom just stood there and laughed it off but um, it you know you mean it, the scarves it that, the scarf that yeah like has? scarves and also like just um, we have a lot of in Kurdish clothing we have a lot of like um, jewels or like little mm -hmm. things that yes. shake yes and yes. she was saying like that looks like too much why would you mm -hmm. wear that um, it feels it looks like you know kind of yeah, inappropriate excessive. for that thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, my mom laughed it off because I know she's experienced things like that a lot, um, so she probably didn't think much of it, but uh, it was really strange because I would never, you know, look at someone else's traditional clothing and say stuff like that. I feel like parents who are immigrants always water down incidents that happen mm -hmm. because, you know, they face it for so long. But for mm -hmm. me... Like, whenever that happens to me, I get really, like, you know, anxious. And I don't think it's something that should be happening. Because right. I get that we're all children and we're immature. But also, I feel like we should be aware of what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And right. now, I think we have now, uh, we're building a society that we can just be inclusive. Awareness. I think as Awareness. immigrants, I also, on the other side, I felt very welcomed by this country. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's amazing that we have opportunities that maybe we don't have in our countries and mm -hmm. we are just being part right of yeah, this yeah. society now that uh, little by little we're just being uh, mm -hmm. feeling well, welcome and yeah I mean and this kind of goes along with the last episode where we had Mr. Mills come in and talk and he shared what it was like uh, growing up as an African-American during the civil rights movement and how what his experiences were and it's what we're having is what we're doing right now it's open conversation open dialogue to understand kind of where you're coming from your different points of view your cultures so that you can help gain like a better understanding of each other right mm -hmm. so I just wanted to touch on when I was because I was raised in Alaska I was surrounded by people that look like me and I'm African-American so coming to like the conjoined part of the states it was definitely more of a culture shock because they wouldn't pick on me but they think like they try to imitate me like the way I talk like A V E African American vernacular English they think it's like slang and that it's cool but the way they were using it was wrong and it didn't make sense to me so when I tried to correct them I'd get called ghetto or ratchet or just like dirty names that tried to make me seem as if I was poor and just uneducated and it, and it didn't really make sense to me because it's like I, I go to school with you guys. I know what you're talking about, but right. you're not using mm -hmm. it correctly. Exactly. I think what happens is when kids are younger, they just don't understand. Like I remember one time when I was really young, uh, I was best friends with this girl. And then one day uh, the topic came up and I told her, hey, I'm a Muslim and I'm Arab. And she thought I was uh, black and I was Christian, but that's, that's not what I am. I don't if you know I'm not like I cannot proclaim that if I'm not that mm -hmm. and she found out and uh, you know she would start avoiding me and like she would you know tell the other kids to, like to not play with me because I was weird and I'd, I didn't even know like how she understood like how because like when I was younger I didn't see someone and say oh they're different from me mm -hmm. I saw saw everyone as just a kid I could play with mm -hmm. 
But I remember one time, uh, she was passing out cupcakes because it, it was her birthday. And uh, she passed it out to everyone except me. And then when she was like asked by the teacher, hey, how come you didn't give Hania one? She was like, oh, well, she's weird. I'm not gonna give the weird girl a cupcake. And you know, it was pretty much just because I was different. I still got that cupcake though, and that's all that matters. <laughs> well, the thing is, is those things you remember even to this day, these little, these things that might be little to someone else, but they're not, they're not little to you. So I do appreciate you sharing these experiences so that people understand what you might go through on, on a day-to-day -day basis. But what else can we do to help like promote inclusion and understanding and acceptance with diversity, especially from your different cultures? I feel like a better way to promote inclusion is not only like, you know, like workbooks, you'll see all these different types of people, but you'll never see people that look like you or you'll see names and stuff. And it's always like Chelsea or Amanda and you, you don't see yourself in like school books, the videos we watch for education, bullying awareness. And it's, it's kind of harmful because it validates all these kids that look similar but when it speaks on bullying, you never touch on the kids that are different, that are more likely to be okay. bullied. Mm -hmm. And it's it's strange. Yeah, I, uh, I really want to see a movie with, like, a Middle Eastern main character who right. actually has, like, ethnic features. Like a big nose or, like, you know, curly hair that's, like, really long and darker skin. That would be awesome because, you know, I feel like those little kids really want to see themselves in, like, a Disney princess instead of, you know, seeing all these other ones and being, I could never be, you know, someone like that because I don't have pale skin or blue in eyes and straight blonde hair. I mean, there's Jasmine, but she's, like... You sexualized. Know, she's like sexualized. she's sexualized. She's I was just like dressed as a belly dancer. I was like, I didn't understand when I was younger mm -hmm. what a belly dancer was because my parents don't talk about that stuff. But I found out when I was older, like, why would you dress like a character like uh, the made like the uh, you were meant to look up to this character? Why would you dress her up like that? It's like you know, every single brown Disney princess, or sometimes they're not even princesses, just Disney characters that are brown and female. Super sexualized. Exactly, exactly. And it's strange. Even but like Tiana's main plot point was that she was poor and she was trying to get out of the neighborhood. She exactly. Like why couldn't she, she just been an actual restaurant. princess? Like 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 why um, why is her main thing that she's exactly, trying to exactly. get out of the situation she yep. lives in? I also want to add on to the Aladdin part with Jasmine. The movie wasn't even even though the representation was supposed to be for Arabs, there was a lot of like Turkish background and characters in it. It wasn't the consistent. War wasn't even yeah, and the rugs were Persian. It was. And I can I can. Come Confirm that I do not have a pet tiger. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I, I can't think, speak to I animals. I think uh, uh, um, dear, dear students, the problem is that it's ignorance. Mm -hmm. Right. That is what we need to we need to start working like that. Ignorance that normative people knows a lot about Middle East history, wars, and how they started and all this stuff because then whatever they see on TV, they think it's right. Mm -hmm. But when you start actually making a, a big, you know, research, and then you go, and suddenly you go, they were right, you are wrong. And they, before, you were thinking all the way around. But when you start talking about your country, and Egypt, and, and Iran, and Iraq, and all the stuff like that, and you go mm -hmm. such a rich country with this beautiful, beautiful um, traditions of culture, mm -hmm. suddenly you start admiring those countries, and I always say in class, uh, the, the first day of class, especially for my little ones, my flex, I would say, there is no culture better one to the other. It is just culture. Mm -hmm. And we need to start learning to respect all of them. Because mm -hmm. just because in India they eat with their hands and we eat with fork and knife, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we are better. Mm -hmm. They are just 
traditions, there are ways to live life in different way. But nobody is better than the other. And I, I plant that seed in my sixth graders. So when they come to me in eighth grade, when I say that in, uh, when they see Miss Palos and I in the hallway giving kisses to each other, you know, I say, Diana, they would think bad about us, but that is a custom for us mm -hmm. to say good morning with two kisses, you know what I mean? And giving hugs, and, and that is natural because Hispanic culture is all love. Like I learned here is don't, don't be on my space, you know, and we don't have a space, we do not. <laughs> and again, this is not only that ignorance, that when we start learning from everybody else, look at what the beautiful group we have here. Exactly. I love what you say, I admire what you say, I know Hani already, you know, from class. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what you have to say yes, about me. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then, thank you for coming from Alaska. I didn't know that you say yesterday, you know, that wearing shorts, uh, minus three degrees, you know, <laughs> so stuff it. like that. Uh, so everything, uh, no, Natalia <laughs> and my friend, Michaela, Michaela, Michaela coming from the Philippines, but the Philippines were conquered by Spaniards, mm -hmm. right? So their last names with Hispanic people, we are Sanchez, Sanchez, Chavez, Chavez, and nobody know they speak, they speak English. And um, what is the other language that you speak? It's like, well, there's different dialects in the Philippines. So like everybody speaks different like dialects. Yeah, but that is one that you call it a Tagalog, the, Tagalog. Tagalog, you know, yeah. but it's very close to Spanish, you know, mm -hmm. but when you start, I remember uh, the doctors here says, you say, Dr. Gonzalez, and I go there, Filipino, and I thought it was Hispanic, you know, because we were conquered with the same people. And when you start putting all together, guys, we are just a big family. Yes. yes. I mean, the Arabs or the uh, the Islam invaded Spain for a while, and oh, now yes. we, and exactly. now we have like word baño and ustez. They exist in Arabic and um, Spanish with similar meanings. Exactly. Like and there's yes. a city in Morocco named Casablanca, and it's because yes. is it Spanish? Yes, yeah, Spanish. Exactly. Yeah, yes. and in um, Kurdistan, we got conquered by Arabs and Persians, so a lot of our languages are mixed together too, mm -hmm. and. It, even in those communities, even in those smaller like communities where you think there'd be love like all over with Middle Easterns, there's still some you know nitpicking and racism. Like a lot of people don't like to be called Arabs, and which I find strange. Yeah, it's very like a lot in the Middle okay, East. Okay, this is actually really interesting. So mm -hmm. in Egypt, like the Coptics, they don't like being called Arabs. Okay, mm -hmm. they say they're descendants of pharaohs, mm -hmm. but the literal Egyptian flag says. Arab Republic of mm -hmm. Arab, no Egypt or, or something like that. It was like Arab Republic of Egypt. It was like, and then like it's on their flag, but they like don't call us Arabs. We're descendants of pharaohs, and it's really weird to me because like you know, yeah, it's strange. But um, I think all of that does really stem from ignorance, and I think to change that, we don't only have to change the mindsets of the kids who are that ignorant, but also those people who are experiencing those you know racist acts and things. Because no, it is not their fault. One hundred percent not their fault, and they should not be you know feeling and experiencing those things, exactly. But um, I've seen some people, for instance, in the Middle Eastern community, who when they're faced with like a small comment, of course like big comments, you can you can go out, you can get it, because those, you know, those people shouldn't say those things and they should know better. But if someone like comments something small, I always find that to deal with them, it's better to talk them out of it first and like try not to explode or else they'll become someone who's like huh, really difficult. I see what you okay, did there. I right, see what you did there. <laughs> Um, otherwise, it's, you know, they're going to become someone who's not really, they're going to become someone who says really out-of-pocket things. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of racism is mm -hmm. from 
it, it comes from children because when you grow up and you get never like you never get taught that that's wrong you know it just you grow up yeah, with it but who teaches them those things parents right parents right so, yeah so I want to say I've learned a lot already just from this conversation learning more about you learning more about your culture I hope our listeners also will I'm sure they will because this has been a great conversation I just want to say thank you and then I also want to take a quick second because I know that we have a lot going on for National Foreign Language Week, a lot of celebrations. So can you tell us what's going on with uh, our, our school to celebrate National Foreign Language Week? Sure. Uh, well, actually, next week is a big week for not only foreign language students, but the whole, all the Wildcats. You guys are welcome to visit the library during the school hours. We're going to have a art, an art exhibit. Uh, made by students. We have French Eif, um, Eiffel Towers contest. We're going to have Spanish painters and art exhibitions um, all through the hallways. You can go through the art hallway, go take a tour through the library, and end with the German hallway contest. Uh, they made amazing posters. So they're going to be displayed from Monday through Friday. And we have a karaoke day also, karaoke on Wednesday during lunch, room 802. If you want to join, you can sign up. Let me know. We have, we're going to have a pizza party. But the challenge, you have to sing in a different language. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Well, this sounds like a lot of fun. You've got a lot of cool activities. And, uh, again, thank you so much for, mm-hmm. for being here. Thanks for setting up uh, National Foreign Language Week here at the school. And... Again, thank you for sharing your cultures, your ideologies, and all your life experiences uh, with me, with our community as well. I think we deserve a second part because we have so much yeah. to say. Well, we deserve. I actually, this, yeah. this, I the actually have a story I wanted to say about is this conversation, and I love this topic. It's not just like a one episode, and this is like yeah. how I look at life when we learn from other people. Um, it's it's ongoing. It's an ongoing learning process, and definitely we can come in for another episode to continue this conversation because it's very important. And I think it's one of those ways where we can eliminate that ignorant side or that ignorance that we were talking about is just by talking and listening and letting everyone be validated and heard. Thank All you, right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Awesome. I enjoyed this so much. We saw so much. <laughs>